Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We are an Acts 2.42 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through his word and by his spirit. It's all good. Hello, everyone. Um, you've just gotten a pen and a card. You don't need it. This will be, that'll be for the very end. I just didn't want to have the distraction at the end of the service. Um, so just keep that around. So during this uh, 366 days of prayer this year, um, we are focusing, um, of course, every day on prayer, but this is a three-week series kind of focused on teaching about prayer. Um, Acts 2.42, out of our church theme verse, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So um, here we are. We're praying, right? So the way we've divided these next three weeks is the idea of up prayers in prayers and out prayers. Up prayers is our relationship with God. It's just us and God. In prayers are when we're praying with other believers for various things. And out prayers is like these prayer walks when we're praying for uh, everyone that needs to come to know the Lord. We want them all the outs to come in, right? Um, so today, though, we are talking about the up aspect of prayer. Now, in Assemblies of God USA, which is what I grew up in, we had this phrase we would often use that was, uh, Christianity isn't a religion, it's a relationship. Is that, this, that's also here? Um, and uh, so as we're looking at this up aspect of prayer, we're really looking directly at that relationship today. We're looking at how do we relate to God conversationally, which is kind of a weird way of thinking about it, but that's what, that's what prayer is, right? It's a conversation. And how can we strengthen that relationship? Um, and so there's no way I can do a proper job of that. That's, that's a lifetime uh, thing, but uh, I'm just going to do my best and just take some top tips and grow in our prayer life, okay? Um, so the first thing we're going to talk about is the problem of prayer. I have a lot of different words. They're all going to start with P, and you're going to forgive me for that, right? Okay. So the problem of prayer, this is the, probably the biggest problem. Let's just say it out loud. Prayer is a conversation with an invisible divine being that doesn't have a normal way of responding to us. It's not like a conversation with another human, right? We're not used to that, okay? So that's a problem of prayer. Another problem is that um, people that speak from this mic or maybe other people you've talked to or you've seen, whatever, they'll say things pretty often like, man, God said this to me. And let's just be honest, for the rest of us, including those of us that say that, we always think, I think God talks to everyone but me. You know, now some of you that feel you, God talks to you all the time, just ignore that. Um, the rest of us, uh, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a tricky thing. Another issue, uh, we talk about praying to God as Father, and some of us don't have, that word Father isn't healthy for us. We, we don't connect with that. We have some traumas to work through. That can be a problem with prayer. Um, another reason is a problem is that we're just busy and distracted all the time. Um, and then all of the above, all these things, these issues with prayer, can lead to us feeling like we're just bad at having a relationship with God. And if that's where we're starting from, and if we have this idea that Christianity isn't a religion, it's a relationship, if we think we're bad at that one thing, <laughs> we can kind of walk around in guilt. And so today I want to set you free from that guilt, um, and that you can just realize, you know what, we're all on this journey of prayer together, and so as I give you maybe some things to think about, maybe things to grow in, I realize that this is just not, I'm not perfect at these things. We're all growing together. And if you have that guilt trigger that, oh, I'm not doing that, I just want you to take a deep breath and go, I'm just going to grow. I'm just going to grow in this, okay? Um, 
recently I've, I've been wanting to work on my health and my fitness, and so someone suggested a, a fitness app that's called uh, Zero to 5K or Couch to 5K. The point is that if you start, you're not a runner at all, and, and you start running, and you know, there's an app, uh, a watch app, and it'll, it'll buzz you, you'll run for a minute, and then walk for a minute and a half, and run for a minute, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I did, I, I bought some running shoes, so I was all proud of myself. I, I went out, thank you. <laughs> They're, they're, they're ASICs, they're great. Um, and then I went out for my first run and I realized I am below week zero. Okay? And, um, and, but I will say the second time I ran, it was better. Still not at week zero, but it's better. So have that attitude today, okay? That we're just gonna go for it and, and see where we get. So, okay, those are all the problems. Now we're done with the problems. Now let's talk about the priority of prayer. Um, I think it's good to remember when we think about Jesus, he's not just our Savior and Lord. He is those things. But he's also our example. First Peter 2.21 says, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you should follow in his steps. So I just want to encourage you when you think about Jesus, when you read the Gospels, don't just look at him as, wow, what an amazing Savior, and he is. But look at him as, how can I be like Jesus? It's a different way of reading it. Um, you know, so Luke six twelve says that he prayed before he chose his disciples when he needed wisdom. Uh, Luke five sixteen says that he often withdrew to pray. So this is a regular rhythm for him. Um, and then, um, you know, the disciples asked him, hey, Jesus, please teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Because, so they must have seen something in him that was just they, they wanted that, that prayer life. And if you think about it, if we always know, we know Jesus is God. And yet he didn't just rest on the fact that he, that relationship was good. He worked on it. He continued this, this, this regular rhythm of prayer to his father. And I think we should, we should as well, if he's our example. Um, but also, Jesus wasn't just like a monk that withdrew to a high place and just spent all his time in prayer. He was active in the world, and he was very busy, actually. <laughs> So how, does, how do these balance points happen, you know, having active prayer and living a real life? Um, so to do that, to prioritize prayer, he had to have a plan. So let's look at Mark chapter 6. You're welcome to turn there if you like, but it'll be on the screen. This is just an example, kind of day in the life of Jesus. Mark 6, starting at verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Do you get the sense of the frantic nature of this season of Jesus's life? Very frantic. They didn't even have the chance to eat, it says, but Jesus had a cunning plan, and his cunning plan was, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Now, it doesn't explicitly say rest and pray, but I'm, I'm sure prayer would have been a part of that a retreat that he was trying to get them to go on. But I think this is actually one of the funniest pictures in Scripture, if you actually think about what happened that day. They're on the boat. They've just cast off. They're like, okay, whew, we got away from the crowds. 
and then they see the crowd looking at them. The problem is they're not on an ocean, they're on a lake. And so the crowd just walks around the lake <laughs> to where they're landing. And you can just feel their heart sinking like, this is not going to be a day off. <laughs> this is not going to be a day off. You see, Jesus' cunning plan to rest was ruined by people. Anyone else's cunning plans to pray ever get ruined by people? And because Jesus was Jesus, he had compassion on them. He wasn't so attached to his plan that he didn't have time to help them. And I, I, I think it's pretty obvious he didn't feel guilty like he had failed to pray that morning. So be free from guilt. Again, again, please. Okay? And now this scene leads into this crowd. Now they've walked around a lake, and they're hungry. And so now there's the miraculous feeding of the 5,000, where there is literal food that comes out of thin air to feed these people. So apparently Father God didn't say, I'm sorry, Jesus, you didn't do your devotions this morning. No bread for you. Again, please be free from the guilt. But let's see how the rest of Jesus' day went. So Mark 6, 44. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of them, go on ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. So this is the famous walking on water scene, which is obviously one of the most spectacular, probably the most cinematic uh, miracle I can think of um, from Scripture. But I don't want us to miss the context of why Jesus was walking on water in the first place and not in the boat. He wasn't in the boat because he prioritized prayer more than getting to the next task. His plan to pray had gone sideways because of people but, but he didn't then go, okay, well, I'll just have, you know, another, another time. He's like, okay, get in the boat, go away, I need to pray. So you see that balance point? We need the Holy Spirit to help us, to know we need to have a plan. But, you know, stuff happens, that's okay. But then we also got to go, you know what, I need to pray <laughs> and, have those, and have those moments. He literally sent his ride ahead of him because prayer was more important than his Uber to the next task. So let's get practical. Um, I would submit that to follow in Jesus' steps in this way uh, it might look something like this. First of all, make a plan to pray. Um, and that is both time and that's also what it looks like for you. How do you connect with God? Is that a prayer walk? Is that with your Bible open? Is that worship music on? Whatever. Every, we all kind of connect with God different ways. You got to work that out. It's your homework, okay? Figure it out and make a plan. And secondly, Make a backup plan to pray. <laughs> because peop life will go sideways. People will happen. Have a backup plan. And, you know, for me, that could be, you know, morning and evening. Like, I try to do it in the morning. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Um, I know in busy seasons, if I'm traveling, it's better, um, you know, it's better, like, once the family's back in the hotel room at night, everyone goes to sleep. I, you know, open, you know, in, in, the light, in, the, in the dim light, I have my phone open, and I'm looking at the scripture, and I'm just trying to pray at the end of the day, because it just didn't happen earlier. That's fine. Figure out a backup plan. Uh, could be your lunch break at work, and if that doesn't work, just, just have two plans. It's just helpful. So, we talked about the problem of prayer. We've talked about the priority and the plan of prayer. Now I want to talk about the position of prayer. I mean, your position in relation to God. 
Um, on September 1st, 1983, Korean Airlines Flight 007 took off from Anchorage, Alaska on its way to Seoul, Korea, and the pilots made an unfortunate navigation error at the beginning of the flight. And they thought they were in one spot, and as they, since they were slightly off course, they ended up thousands of miles off course and over the Soviet Union. And Russian air defense um, thought they were a spy plane and tragically shot them down with the loss of everyone on board. Now, there's probably only one good thing that came from this tragedy. You see, technology already existed in the military realm that would have solved that navigation error. It never would have happened in the first place if they had the right technology. So President Reagan decided to release GPS technology for free for civilian use as a common good for the world. Now, think about this. Uh, with your phones, you pay for everything that connects to, right? You pay for your, your remember when we used to pay for text messages? Now, the, peop, the kids that are over there, like, they would fall over and die, I think, if we said you had to pay for every text message, right? Um, but generally, you pay for all the, all the connections you make to technology you pay for, a service fee, except for GPS. Your, your, your satellite connection is free. You can thank the U.S. taxpayer. Okay? Thank you. Because it's really important to know where we are. It's really important to know where we are. And the way GPS works is it takes three satellites. It has to see three satellites, and it measures the distance between all three satellites. And then with fancy maths, I'll use the British word maths, um, uses fancy maths. It figures out where you are. Now, I feel like in our relationship with God, when we first get to know him, it's like we had this rush of takeoff and do this new journey of faith. But then it kind of feel like, how am I doing? Like, I don't know. Like, How's my relationship with God? Or we feel like, you know, God's over there and we're over here and we're just kind of, you know, shouting our prayers, you know, into the ether <laughs> or something. And I just want to let you know that it's important and it's free. There's a way that you can know exactly where you are. Um, and, and that is actually by understanding uh, how the Trinity works. And this is maybe really big up here, but we can triangulate our position instead of with three satellites with the three persons of God, because here's the thing, Jesus, um, God has eternally existed in relationship, and that sounds really weird, but because he's three in one, he has eternally existed in a loving relationship. He didn't need humans to have a relationship, and he has invited us into that pre-existing relationship, so we're not on one side of the room shouting across He's, in, he's, he's invited, he surrounds us, literally. He surrounds us. So we're not, on the, we're not on the outside looking in, we're on the inside. So let's look at how this works if we're looking at our relationship with God the Father. Jesus, of course, really emphasized this. He, you know, he just constantly talked to his Father and encouraged us to talk to God as Father. When we, he asked, you know, when the disciples asked him, how do we pray? How does that, how, how, what was his answer? The first two words, our Father, Right? That's the first two words of the Lord's Prayer. And it's easy for us because we say it often in a corporate setting to think that means all of us here, our Father. But what Jesus was really saying was, he was really saying, come join in this relationship that I have with a loving Heavenly Father. Join me in this relationship. And of course, there's different ways we can have relationships with fathers. I know a long time ago I was having discussions with a friend and my pastor and about this praying to God the Father and how, you know, I realized that my relationship with my dad's really good, but it's low maintenance. 
you know, we send a text every now and then. We'll talk about tires. <laughs> like, we're just, it's just, we're good, you know? Um, and and I, I realized I kind of imported that into my relationship with God sometimes. Where, like, I send him an email. Check in. And my friend was like, man, you know, when I'm praying to God as father, like, it's like I'm a, I'm a child, like, crawling up into my dad's lap and just, like, please help me. And I'm like, oh, I don't have that relationship, you know. And it's not that one is wrong or one's right. It's just that there's different ways we can relate to God as Father. And so some suggestions to improve this relationship is, um, I know this is kind of a pop culture counseling term, but, you know, the term daddy issues, and um, I apologize for using it. But, but honestly, if we have issues with our earthly father, you need to spend some time unpacking that with someone and unpacking that um, and, and make sure that's not being imported into your relationship with God the Father. Because those are two different relationships, and we just naturally kind of combine the two often. Um, and, and just as a reminder, the good parts of your earthly dad, that's the image of God that's in them. And the bad parts, because we, all, we all were sinners, um, that's, that's just fallen humanity. That's not what God is like, okay? So that's one way we can do that. So John, uh, in, in, in uh, John chapter 16, Jesus says this, At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly, and he will grant your requests because you use my name. And using his name just means you're coming in uh, with me, in relationship with me. Um, you haven't done this before, but ask using my name, and you will receive, and you'll have abundant joy. Then you will ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you dearly because you lovely, love me and believe that I came from God. So do you see Jesus, literally what he's doing is, he's, he's saying, yes, you can pray to me, but like just so you know, you don't actually need to do that. You can go right to the Father because I'm here with you. I, I'm, I'm going to welcome you into this, this relationship. And he just brings us into the Father's presence and says, okay, you know, what do you need? Let's, let's, let's ask him together. It's like having that perfect older sibling that has a great relationship with the parents, and when you, you keep screwing up, I'm an only child, so I'm imagining this. But, you know, you keep screwing up, and it's like, you know, rather than the older child being like, ha, ha, have fun with that, they're like bringing you into, my, hey, let's talk to mom and dad together. Let's talk to mom and dad together. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Because to be in God's presence, we either need to be perfect, which we're not, or we need a perfect advocate, and we have that in Jesus. So that's how we can kind of begin to triangulate with, between Jesus and God the Father, is, is Jesus is just with us. He's next to us. He's our brother in a way. Isn't that amazing that he's pulling us into this relationship with God? And then, if that's not amazing enough, there's the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is where? He's in us. He's the third person of the Trinity who lives in us. Uh, Romans 8 the spirit you received does not make you slaves. So just want to say, he's, the spirit doesn't control you. He's not making you a slave, so you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your ado adoption to sonship and daughtership. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. So I'm sorry if that was maybe a little bit confusing, talking about the Trinity. Um, it, it's not the easiest subject to understand. But I think it's also good to realize that if we really fully understood God, we've invented God. Right? So I, I really hope God's a bit bigger than my comprehension. 
okay? Because that means that I probably didn't invent him, okay? So, um, and, and just, and don't be stressed about, well, who do I pray to? Listen, you can pray to any of the three or the one. It's all God. He, 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 he'll get the memo to the right part. It's fine, okay? <laughs> like, don't, I'm not, we're not stressed about that, but I'm just talking about, you're, you're not, you, don't have to, you don't have to shout your prayers into the sky. You have Jesus right next to you, bringing you into the, in, into the Father's presence. And he wants to partner with us. This is a partnership, right? So how can we partner with God in prayer? One way we can partner with God in prayer, I think, is through praying the Lord's Prayer. Um, that's how Jesus taught us to pray. So we are partnering literally with Jesus when we pray the Lord's Prayer. Um, and it's not just the recitation of it. Um, praying the concepts, kind of how we've been doing here over the past eight weeks. I think there'll be an email maybe going out um, or a WhatsApp that'll have just a chart that you can use if you want to as a resource for praying the Lord's Prayer. So that's a helpful thing. But I would also encourage you to pray any scripture. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus is tied into the Word. Um, and rather than just reading scripture, I really encourage you to pray scriptures as you read it. And, and some of that, sometimes that's prayers of agreement. So you read something and it's like, yes, amen, and you just pray that prayer. Sometimes, and I really encourage you on this, on this please pray prayers of confusion. God, I don't get what Paul is saying here. Holy Spirit, guide me into all truth. Right? Because we don't want our confusion to be a barrier. We want our confusion to be an invitation. So another type of prayer out of Scripture is just whatever it reminds you of. So like, you know, if you're in the Old Testament and there's a war going on, um, often I will at that time pray for conflict zones. Just, you know, God, have mercy, you know, on the loss of life, you know, and, and all these kinds of things. Or if there's persecution you're reading about, pray for persecuted Christians. Or, you know, it just reminds you of a friend. Oh, they're going through something like that. Pray for them. Um, it's a way we partner with, with God. Prayers of repentance. So when, when you get convicted because you read something in Scripture, don't throw your Bible across the room. Pray a prayer of repentance. God, help me to live differently. And I find that writing it out can be helpful. So, you know, often I'll have the Bible open, and for me, I type, because I'm, I'm sure this would mean something horrible, that I have to have a screen in front of me. But generally, I have the Bible open, I have a, a journal window open, and then I'm typing my prayers as I am triggered by whatever's in Scripture. That's just a tip if you want to do that. Another way we can partner with the Holy Spirit is by praying in the Spirit. Um, Romans 8, 26, we, know, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So there's plenty of times you're just not going to know what to pray for. I know, I don't know what to pray for. And um, we can just, it's, it's, it's not even a language thing, it's a groan. It's, it's just a, a feeling that you, you're connecting with God and he hears whatever's in your heart and he knows what's, what's there. Another version of that is a prayer language. When we, when we are, are, have uh, praying in tongues is something we believe in as a, as a Pentecostal body. And um, if God gives you that gift, then there's times that you're praying in English and there's times you just switch over because you know what, you're out of words. <laughs> but you're still praying because the Spirit's praying, praying through you. Um, Another way of partnering with God is to, to journal, as I kind of mentioned that. I forget what God said to me, like, yesterday. So just journal and review it, because then God can speak to you again what he's already said to you. Um, so these are all just, just tips. You just take some of them, or one of them, and just try to run with it, okay? So where are we at? I only have one more P word after this. Um, 
We've talked about the problem of prayer, priority, having a plan. We've talked about people ruining things. They, they do that, don't they? Don't they? Um, the position of prayer, partnering with God with prayer. And so the last uh, P word is parhesia. I apologize. I really do. <laughs> Literally what happened was I wanted to talk about honesty, and I Googled honesty words that start with P. <laughs> and I learned this word this week. And um, I wasn't going to use it, and then I looked up the meaning of it, and I thought, actually, this is exactly what I want to say. It even has more meaning than just honesty. Parhesia means a boldness or a freedom of speech. Um, quoting from Wikipedia, uh, in rhetoric, parhesia is candid speech, speaking freely. It, it implies not only freedom of speech, but the obligation to speak the truth for the common good, even at personal risk. Parhesia means literally, in the original Greek, to speak everything. And by extension, to speak freely or to speak boldly. So, Hebrews 4.16. So, let us come with parhesia. Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Maybe, I don't know that I'm just submitting this, it's possible that we actually don't find as much grace if we, aren't, if we don't speak as freely about what we need. Psalm, 20, Psalm 62, 8 says this. David encourages us this way. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him. For God is our refuge. In prayer, we need to trust God enough to pour out whatever is in our heart before him in boldness. If there's joy, pour out joy. If there's worship, pour out your worship. If there's anxiety, pour out your anxiety. If there's fears, pour out your fears. And if you're angry at God, believe it or not, he can handle it. This morning, I preached this at Orford, and apparently after the service, everyone was like, oh, I love the cups, so you're going to get the cups now. And it, you'll probably forget, you'll forget the rest of everything I said, but remember this. This is just an analogy. Um, I feel like we walk through life with two cups, and the way it works is we walk through our day, and something happens, or we're reminded of something, and we're like, ooh, I need to pray about that. And so we put that idea in our, in our prayer cup, that when we, okay, next time I pray, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray about that. Or maybe even in the moment we pray about it. But then there's this other cup, and this cup holds how we feel about what we're praying about. This is, yeah, I'm praying about this, but actually I'm scared. Or I'm actually really frustrated that I'm going through this. And we end up with these two cups, but generally, naturally, we only pour out the request, and we hold this one to us because we're not sure that God wants to hear it. But if we're pouring out our hearts, it means we're pouring out both cups before him. And not just in times of prayer, but eventually we, we get short accounts, if that makes sense. As soon as something hits a cup, it's just like, oh, I got I to I gotta get this out. And that's praying without ceasing that we, we end up going into. Um, one, last, one last story. Um, 
in 2020, um, we were preparing to move to England, and part of what allows us to be here and work with the Assemblies of God Great Britain with church planting is uh, churches in the U.S. support us to be here. And so we did a lot of traveling. And um, one day coming home, we went through a bad thunderstorm, and we hydroplaned, and we rolled our vehicle twice and ended up in the center median between uh, traffic. And uh, it was there was no visibility. Like, the, the rain was so heavy, and, you know, we're calling uh, 911, and, um, which is our emergency services, and uh, can't... Uh, can't tell them where we are. We couldn't tell them our position. And um, and we tried to explain, you know, we saw this exit forever ago, you know. Um, and then they said, oh, are you in a green SUV? We said, yes. They said, somebody's called it in. We know where you are. Great. They come get us. They take us to the hospital. Miraculously, we are okay. We're very banged up, but all three of us are okay. Um, cars, done. Um, someone, friends pick us up, bring us home. And that night, as I was laying in bed, um, you know, I, <laughs> I, I definitely let God have both cups. <laughs> I, I was really frustrated because it's just feeling of, I'm just doing what you're asking me to do, God. And, and now we don't have a car. And if I'm really honest, this is what was really bugging me. This is what was really bugging me. And this is so stupid when I say it out loud. I had been in another accident. I'm, I promise I'm not this dramatic normally. But I had been in another accident 10 years before. And the first people at the scene of that accident were pastors who knew who we were. And it just felt like God was there. You know, like when, when someone's like, wow, that you would bring people there. And what I told God was there was nobody there who knew who we were. And I just didn't feel like you were with us. I know you protected us. I know, I know that you protected us. But I didn't feel like you were there. And I went to sleep. That was, that was the end of my day. And um, Sheila had put on Facebook, you know, hey, pray for us. We've been in a car accident. We're okay, you know, as you do. And the next day, um, a pastor friend of ours contacted us and said, were you between these two towns when, when the accident happened? And we said, yeah. And he said, I witnessed your accident. I was going the opposite direction. Now, at this point, we were 100 miles from home, he was 50 miles from his home. And, the inter and he was coming the opposite direction with zero visibility, and our accident happened while he could see us. And he said, we pulled over, we called 911, and we were praying until we saw emergency lights. We thought about getting to you, but the storm was so bad we couldn't really get to you. And so we were praying until we saw the emergency vehicles come. And so the one thing I accused God of of not providing clergy on the scene of the accident <laughs> was exactly what he had done. But I don't know that I would have had that moment if I hadn't poured out my real honesty before him. And I think, you know, when it comes back to it, with boldness, we come to our, before our gracious God. And if we bring that boldness, then we receive mercy. And we find grace to help us in our times of need. So there's another scripture coming up, which is Psalm 27. It's just the first part of it. We're going to activate some prayer time now. And this is what your pen and, and card is for. Um, this is your time to, once we get the, um, you know, the, the jam going here off. <laughs> it's fine. 
I feel like I'm, I've been here long enough, I can make fun of Sarah. <laughs> uh, so this is your time, okay? This is your time to have some parhesia with God, okay? Uh, this is not to say that you can't pray with somebody else, but officially that's the in week. <laughs> this is about you and God. So um, if it doesn't have to be based on the scripture. It can be literally whatever's in your heart right now you want to pour out before the Lord. I just encourage you to write it down. You don't have to write it down. No one's going to collect these, okay? This is literally your, you can burn this when you're done if you need to, okay? Um, but this is you to write out something really honest before the Lord. And if you're stuck, I just have this scripture up here as possibly something to trigger, trigger a thought or a possible prayer out of this, okay? So this time is yours for the next few minutes to practice some up. Okay? He hears you. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Please keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com.